Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. Already supplied it on today. God, we thank you, God, that there's nothing missing, nothing broken in you because you are Jehovah Shalom. God, you are our peace on today. God, you Jehovah Rapha. God, you are healer on today. God, you are El Shaddai. God, you are almighty. You all sufficient. God, you the breasty one. God, you are everything that we need. God, you El Roy. God, you see us. God, you Jehovah Shema. God, you're there for us. God, I just thank you and I just praise you because you'll never, ever leave us. Nor shall you forsake us. God, you Jehovah Nisi. God, you are our banner. God, you are our victory. God, we just thank you this morning. Now, God, as I go forth, God, to teach your people, I thank you, God, that as I open my mouth, you already filled it. I thank you that we all have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lived in us. So you get all the glory, all the honor and all the praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. If you would open your Bibles, open your iPads, open your phones to Romans 4. 19 through 21, it's a very familiar passage, and God brings us back for a reason. Romans 4, 19 through 21, I'm reading out the New King James Version. I pray that your hearts are open and receptive to hear and receive what the Spirit of the Lord has for you on today. And Romans 4, verse 19, it says, and not being weak. In faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. You may be seated. I want to talk about unwavering faith, unwavering faith, unwavering means not changing or becoming weaker in any way, not changing or becoming weaker in any way. God has a way of, of doing things past our finding out. You know, last week I taught on knowing the truth and I'm going to go back there a little bit before I get into this because all of it is going to link up together. I love to ask God, what do you want for your people? And I'll wait on God and God would just begin to speak. So when he gave me unwavering faith, I asked him, God, 
what do you want me to do with this? How do you want me to go in? How do you want me to come out? I think we're so quick to go into the word and come out on our own without revelation coming from the word. So when I go back to where we were last Sunday, we talked about John 8, chapter 8. And I believe it was in verse 32. Well, I'm going to start with 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, and I'm going to stop right there. He was talking to the ones that believed in him because they were, some of them were not accepting Jesus. They were not accepting his words. When you go back to the previous chapters, some of them were not accepting what Jesus was saying. But the ones that believed in him, when you believe in him, you rely on him. You trust in him. You're not looking at anything else but him. Because we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. So when those Jews began to hear what Jesus was saying, and we know that Jesus is the word. So we have to hear the word. And as we hear the word, faith comes from what we're hearing. So as they heard, they believed. But then Jesus began to talk to them. Now, all of us, the majority of us, have accepted Jesus with our whole heart. When you accept him with your whole heart, you accepted him because you believed in the good news. You believed in the gospel um, concerning Jesus Christ. And as you believed in what Jesus done on your behalf, see, I got to stop there because the Holy Spirit is tugging on me. When you believed in what Jesus done on your behalf, some of us really don't know what he done. We just accepted something somebody said, but yet we didn't believe it. We accepted it, but we couldn't hold on to it. When you truly accept something with your whole heart, we're going to get to that part. You're going to hold on to it. So those Jews, just like us, we say that we believe in him. We accepted him. We confessed him with our mouth and we confessed him with our mouth because we believed in our heart. And whatever we believed in our heart is what we confess with our mouth. But did you truly, truly believe that Jesus died for your sins, that he was buried and he rose again on the third day? The Bible said when you believe that, then you are saved. You're saved from what? You're saved from destruction. You're saved from the wrath to come. But that's not the end of it. See, we can accept that with our mouth and we say we believe it. And sometimes we grab hold to things based on what we're going through and how we feel. I'm going to say it again. Some of us grab things based on feeling. Feeling but not the heart. We say if I do this, things are going to change. Things are going to get better. But I got news for you. The day that you say yes to him, the enemy is going to turn up the heat. And it's going to make you feel like I'm better off being a sinner than being a saint. I don't know about you. But the day you truly accept Jesus with your whole heart and you're ready to give up everything and you're making him Lord and you're making him master. Meaning that my body belongs to you now. Lord, I have accepted you as my Lord and as my master. It's not about me. It's about you. God, I realized that I couldn't save myself. 
I realized that sin was separating me from my father. And the only way that I could get to my father was through you because you are the way, the truth, and the life. No man can get to the father but by you. And the reason why is because he who knew no sin became sin for me so I could become the righteousness before God. So I couldn't even be made righteous if you hadn't laid down your life for me because you had no sin. Because God could not look on sin. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But y'all, what we got to understand is there is sin, there is transgressions, and there are iniquities. See, all of that had to be dealt with. Because sin is just missing the mark. Sometimes we have um, sins that we commit that we don't know about. We just commit those sins. Jesus covered what we didn't know about. Then we have intentional sins that we did know about. That's transgressions. See, sin, when you um, aiming for a target and you missed that target, you missed it. And see, the standards that God had, none of us can meet those standards. So this is why Jesus had to step in. But then there's transgressions. Once you know what the law is saying, and then you don't do what the law is saying, you become a transgressor. But then once you know and you repeatedly do that sin over and over and over again and you know it's wrong, that's iniquity. So God said, I got to deal with sin, I got to deal with transgressions, and I got to deal with iniquity. I'm going to wrap it all up in my son. He's going to take the sins of the whole world for past, present, and future sins. So everything that you do knowing and intentionally and repeatedly, I'm going to lay it on my son because I know you still will mess up. But because of the blood that's on the mercy seat, every time I see the blood, I don't see you. I see my son. Oh, y'all don't get it. See, when you know what the blood has done, and even when you mess up knowingly, You can say, God, I repent. I'm going to change my mind of what I've done because you already paid the price for it. So if I know that you already paid the price for it, why do I want to keep doing something when it's already paid for? And the reason why I keep doing it is because there's a root there. There's a sin of iniquity that causes me to repeat, repeat, and repeat. But God said, I got you covered. No matter what you do, I covered it all. I took care of it. I wiped it out. He said, your sins, I remember no more. Because he looks at his son. So then, that's why I say when it comes to believing him, some people bring people up here and just tell them to make a confession. But they don't even know what they're making the confession for. They're coming up out of fear. They're coming up out of something that's going on in their life. They may have to appear in court or they may have had something that's going on in their body. And they're saying they may not live. So now they want to come up and they want to make a confession based on what they heard. But they didn't hear truth. They just heard death. But they truly hadn't accepted him. So he said, the ones that believe in me. He told them, he said, if you believe in me. He said, you got to abide in me. 
He said, abide means you got to hold on. He said, you got to continue in me. You got to live according to me. And then you are my followers. You are my disciples. See, that's what a follower of Jesus does. They hold on to him. Regardless of what's going on, they still hold on to him. They still live according to him. They still continue in him. It don't matter what the situation is. They say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Though my life look like it's not right, I'm still going to follow. I'm still going to hold on. I'm still going to abide. I'm still going to remain. I'm still going to live according to him. Then you get to the point when you really abiding, that means you connect it to. He who is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him, meaning that I'm complete in him. As he is, so are we in this world. That means everything he has belonged to me. The same faith he has, I have. Everything he has, I'm an heir of God, but I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus done, I have everything he has. So I'm going to abide in him. I'm going to stay connected to that vine. I realize I'm the branch. And as long as I stay connected to the vine, I'm going to get everything I need from that vine. But it starts in the spirit. Because we are spiritual beings. So everything we do got to be according to the spirit because the Bible says the spirit quickens. The spirit is what makes alive. It said the flesh, this flesh profits nothing y'all. So if you leaning and dependent on the flesh, you get nothing. The spirit quickens, the spirit makes alive, the flesh profit nothing. He said, but the words I speak. See, those words got to be spoken. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Because God said, let there be and there was. Those were the words of life. So we have to grab hold to the word. And as we grab hold to the word, Jesus is the word. Come on, y'all, let's quit playing. Some of us are speaking something we don't know nothing about. You're speaking it, you're rehearsing it, but you ain't getting no results from it. And I'm going to tell you why. Some of us have been speaking the same word for 20 years and you ain't seeing no results. That's because the spirit quickens. The spirit makes alive. The flesh profit nothing. You're trying to get something through your flesh, but it must come from the spirit to the flesh. You are a spiritual being. That means your spirit is the real you. Everything you need is in your spirit. Your spirit is complete in him. This is how you got born again. Your spirit got born again. Your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions did not get saved. That's why you got to renew your mind. So God was taking me back through all of that. And then God began to tell me that unwavering faith. I'm saying, okay, God, we talked about holding on. We talked about continuing. And we talked about living according to. He said, Unwavering faith means it's not changing. It's not getting weaker. When you truly have faith in God, it doesn't get weaker. 
it gets stronger. I'm going to say it again. When you truly have faith in God, now you may start out weak, but the more you get in that word, the stronger your faith gets. See, the problem with us is we think because we're born again that nothing can come at us. It's going to come, but you don't have to accept it. See, the problem is we're accepting things that we don't have to accept. And he's given us what we need to reject it. But if you don't know what you have, you're doing just like the world and say, this is the state I have to be in. Somebody say, the devil is a lie. Some of us say, this is what I have to do to continue to do what I do. Say, the devil is a lie. Say, Jesus done it all. Say, the only thing you have to do is grab hold to what he has done. But there's a problem. The problem is with the church. The world is doing what they're supposed to be doing for Satan. And they're doing a good job of it. They're living the way they want to live. And they're doing a good job of it. And they're turning up the heat with it. And then getting church folks to join in with it. And church folks are saying it's okay. It's okay that I live this way. You got preachers on live TV doing the butt with their wives and say it's okay with worldly music. And people are agreeing with it. That's his wife. He should do that. They didn't do it one time. They did it twice. And people are agreeing with what they're doing. Church folks, saved folks. Something is wrong with the church. Come on, if you haven't accepted Jesus, you... Turn away from doing the butt. You don't supposed to be doing the butt no more. You don't supposed to be turning your butt up. That's the spirit of perversion. That's my husband. That's my wife. Whatever we choose to do, it's okay with God. A pastor. He owe no explanation to Christians. So evidently, what's wrong with you? Got many followers. Do you know why churches are full today? Because the truth ain't being told. Churches are full because pastors are letting people creep in the church and still live any kind of way and think that they can bring it in the church because it's starting at the pulpit. If they see the pastor doing it, slipping and dipping, they say, I'm going to go to that church because if I can live like I used to live, then I'm okay. I can just do both and I'm still going to heaven. But somebody have to tell them the truth. Jesus was telling the ones that believe in him the truth. He said, if you abide in me, if you continue in me, if you hold on to me, He said, if you live according to me, then you are my disciples. Not saying that they were not disciples, but a true follower of him is going to hold on. It's going to live according to him and not according to the world. So when he took me to unwavering faith, he said, I want you to go back to Abraham and I'm going to show you how hold what holding on mean. I'm going to show you what it means to live according to me. 
So when I got to this scripture, God was showing me, he said, and not being weak in faith. I said, God, I'm hearing what you're saying about, oh, Abraham. I'm hearing that you said he wasn't weak in faith. I'm hearing that you're saying that he didn't waver. I'm hearing that you're saying he didn't have no unbelief. I'm hearing that you're saying that he was fully convinced. But I said, God, what had this man in that state? I said, Abraham knew. Abraham thought about his body. He thought about how his body was dead. Y'all understand what dead is. When something is dead, it is dead. There is no life to it. He knew that his reproductive organs and Sarah's organs were dead. He knew that there was no life in them. He did not deny that. Let's stop right there. Come on, you may have some things in your life that's dead and you know that man cannot bring it back to life. And man, no, they can't bring it back to life. Man will say, you got to live this way. You got to be in this state, but we're going to give you something that may help you, but it may give you a few more years. But that's all we can do. So that's considered death. Telling you to live with death. But the Bible says that when Abraham thought, I'm going to read another version. It says in expanded Bible. Abraham was almost a hundred years old, much past the age for having children. His own body was as good as dead and Sarah could not have children. Sarah womb was dead. Now listen at this. Abraham thought about all, considered, acknowledged this, but his faith in God did not become weak. So when I read that, I'm saying, come on, God, come on. I say, this man was about a hundred His wife was past the age of having children. And this man's faith didn't become weak. God said, no, it didn't become weak. He said, I'm going to show you why it did not. I said, you're going to have to show me. Not that I doubt God, but this is how I study. And I study this way is because I want him to bring it out in the scripture. God told me, he said, I want you to go up a little bit further from where you were. He said, I want you to look at verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. So I said, okay, God, I hear that. He said, okay. He said, now the reason why Abraham faith was not weak because Abraham He knew his body was dead. He knew Sarah's body was dead, couldn't produce anything, but he didn't go on him. Let me say it again. He didn't go on him. So I want you to tell self, say self, quit going on how you feel and how it look and appear with you. Quit going on what they said. And go on what God said. I'm going back up here. Abraham knew what was going on with his body, but he didn't take thought to that. You take a thought, you're going to live according to that thought. For as a man thinketh, so does he become. Some of y'all right in this room is so full of strongholds and don't even recognize it because the enemy has got deceit between you and God. 
That stronghold had become so true that when the word comes, it's a blocker there. Your heart has become so hardened to what you have come to believe that even though the word is coming forth, in some of y'all minds you're saying, you better go somewhere. Look at this. God said, go back up. He said, as it is written. Do y'all know what's written? What God has written cannot, will not be altered. My covenant will I not break. Nor alter the things, nor change the things that have come out of my lips. God said it's not going to be altered. No matter what you do or how you do it, it's not going to be altered. I said, hold on, God. See, I talked to him. I asked him questions. I said, hold on. Now, you know, God, you know, Abraham slept with Hagar. Now, you said he wasn't weak in faith. But why in the world did he sleep with Hagar if he wasn't weak in faith? He said, back it up. He said, Abraham obeyed his wife. He did what his wife told him to do. That didn't actually make him weak in faith. He still trusted me. Remember the scripture said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. He said he obeyed Sarah instead of obeying me, but that didn't change what I said. I said, okay, God. So then he took me back. He said, what's written? What did I say? What's written? He said, what did I tell Abraham? He said, that's what you go on. You go on what I told Abraham. You don't go on what he did, what he said. You go on what I said. So eventually he said, Abraham caught hold to what I said. See, there's an eventually in our lives, y'all. Eventually you're going to catch hold. Eventually the light bulb is going to come on. Eventually you're going to get some revelation to this word. And that's when you can hold on to it. That's when you can live according to it. God said the reason why you're letting go of the word so quick. You ain't got no revelation of this word. When you get revelation, nobody can change. When I learned how to tie my shoe, nobody could tell me I couldn't tie my shoe I can close my eyes and tie my shoe because it has become a part of me so when I tie it I have so much confidence and assurity that it's tied I don't even have to look at it I just go God said go back he said what's written I said God what's written is you said I have made he said stop right there He said, who made him the father of many nations? He said, was it Abraham? No, because uh, he was too old. Y'all think about it. He said, what did the scripture say? Read the scripture. He said, I have made him a father of many nations. He said, this was not Abraham's doing. It was my doing. So Abraham had to catch hold first that I'm going to be the one, Abraham, that make you a father of many nations. Then the Bible say in the presence of God, Abraham 
believed. So Abraham had to catch hold to what God was saying. And God said this to Abraham when it looked like they were not going to have no children when they could have them. So he told Abraham, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Can you imagine they're trying and trying and trying and trying and nothing is happening. But Abraham is remembering, God said, God said, Sarah, he's going to make me a father of many nations. Sarah said, I understand what you're saying, God said. God told you that. But I'm telling you, Abraham, go sleep with my maidservant so I can become a mother. He said, okay. Here come Hagar. Hagar becomes pregnant. So look, then God said, I want you to look at something else. He grabbed hold to what I said. How many of us? God is telling you something. And he's telling you something. And you're sitting there. And you're not acting upon what he's saying. He said, faith without works is dead. So whatever you believe, you're going to walk in it. That don't mean you got to do something to make it happen. You just got to walk in what God has said. You got to walk in it. You got to live according to that it's already mine. Not based on what the banks say. Not based on what my body say. Not based on what people say. I'm going on what God said. If God said it's mine, it's already mine. I don't have to do nothing but accept what God has said. If God said it, I believe it and it's so. That's what Abraham did. But then God said, read the next thing that Abraham, um, he said, God who gives life to the dead. Abraham believed. I serve a God who gives life to the dead. And he calls those things that be not as though they were. He's Elohim. He is the creator. God said, and it was so. And God saw what he said. Abraham said, this is the same God that told me he's going to make me a father of many nations. So when I look up and I see what God has called into existence that did not exist, who am I to doubt that I am a father of many nations? Because God don't just tell you something. God give you something to stand on before he tell you. God say, look up and see what I have already done. Do you think there's anything too hard for me? He said, because in the beginning, God created, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. And the Bible said there was darkness all around. There was nothing there. There was nothing, but God took and created something out of nothing by speaking it into existence. Your words have created power. So whatever you say and you believe to stand on what you say, you're creating. You can either create life or you can create death. Abraham did not deny that that was what was going on with him nor his wife. But Abraham said, I'm going on what's written. I'm going on what he's saying and not going on how I feel. Tell your neighbor, say, quit going on how you feel. Quit going on what it looked like. Go on what God has already said. 
God you said. So I'm going on what you said. Not what it looked like. I ain't going on there telling me I can't use you at this time. No, you say you can't use me at this time. But I know what God said. God said this is my place. This is my position. Y'all better understand what it means by walking by faith. See, because when God give me a promise, I'm crazy enough to walk through it. When God told me and my husband we were going to have a house, I said, okay, God, you know better than I know. Ain't no money in the bank, and I don't know where to go to look for no house. But God said, I want you to start looking for a house. I would go to people's house. Hey, how you doing? You know, I'm looking for a house, and I like how your house is. Do you mind if I come in? Sure, come on in. Some people say, you crazy. No, I'm being led by the spirit. Those who are led by the spirit of God, they are sons of God. And every time I would walk by faith and not by sight, come on, God would give me some more instructions. Because God say, you hear what I'm saying because you know that I'm going to do is already done. So I walked by what God said and I kept walking by what God said. And as I walked by what God said, guess what? I knew I already had the house before I had the house because God had already written down what was mine. So Abraham, he knew, he said, God, speak those things that be not as though they were. God is the one that can bring the dead back to life. So who am I to deny that I'm the father? Of many nations. But then God began to remind me again about Abraham. It said he didn't waver. Why do we waver? We waver because we really don't believe God. Come on, somebody. We waver because we're saying, well, God, I know you're God, but there ain't no but when it comes to God, except you putting your butt in the way of what God want to do. So what we got to do, we got to get ourselves out the way, y'all. And we got to say, God, whatever you're saying to me, God, I believe it. But God, help my unbelief. Help me, God, in the area where I'm doubting you. That don't mean that God's going to stop doing what he's doing. God is just waiting for you to catch up to what he's already done. So then he began to show me in this with Abraham. Listen at this. Remember, Abraham said, a thought came concerning his body. How many of us have a thought when a pain comes? Tell the truth, shame the devil. You know why we have these thoughts? Because of what we heard. Uh, because of some, what something somebody else experienced. So right then, we accept it. Or we go to Google. Google, what this mean when I have this shooting pain, so and so and so and so. Google going to come up with a lot of answers. Because everybody been on Google with some shooting pains in the same spot. So Google going to come up with this answer. Then it's going to come up with a next answer. And then you think you got the answer. But the word said, I am your answer. He said, when you call on me, I will answer you. I will show you great and mighty things that you don't even know about. So we need to quit calling on Google. And so what's, what is that Apple thing? Siri. Hey, Siri. What time is it? Look at your watch. Hey, Google, which way I go? Hey, Google. Hey, Siri. Come on, we have things. See, this, the, 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 the iPad say hello. Siri up here with me while I'm preaching. She said, huh? Because I said, hey, Siri. 
She didn't want to answer. Now she's mad. But we need to call on God more. We need to call on him more. See, Abraham had a relationship. He knew that he would raise the dead. And so he reminded me of Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, do the spirit of God dwell in you that raised Jesus from the dead? I want to ask you that today. Who knows that the spirit of the living God dwells in them? Do we really know that? Because if we really know that, it says he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. That means his spirit will quicken your body. When you go in through something, the spirit of God will come alive in you and quicken your mortal body and give you what you need to get through what you're going through. If you need some peace, you need to read the scripture that says he is peace. He said, I give you peace, not as the world give you peace. He said, the peace that I give you, it helps your heart not to be troubled. So God is saying, whatever I'm going to give you, it's going to quicken that mortal body. It's going to bring life to that mortal body. When you're down in a slump, when you begin to speak the word over you. Then your body began to be quickened. Your body began to come alive. But if you're not speaking the word over you, you're just going to stay in that dead situation. If you're sitting around pondering and wondering, instead of taking the scripture and digesting that scripture, you're going to live according to how you feel. Oh, I speak depression. Has no right over you. Depression, I command you. In the name of Jesus to leave this room right now in Jesus name. You got to go. You can't stay here. God, I thank you and I praise you. So we see we got to have unwavering faith. That means we cannot be moved. Why is God bringing this in this house? It's because things are coming. Things are coming and God don't want us to be moved. He don't want us to waver. Because they're coming. Y'all, they're coming. We're living in a world that's full of evil. We're living in a dying world. But we are carriers of life. And we're supposed to be speaking life in the midst of death. We're supposed to be able to open our mouth and speak the word of God and know that it's changing the atmosphere that's around us. We don't deny what's going on, but we speak life over that dead situation. We tell that situation, you don't have no right in my house. Now you get up and you leave my house and we begin to thank God for what he's already done instead of laying in that situation, instead of repeating that situation over and over and over again. That's not helping your situation. It's making that situation stronger and making your faith in God weaker. All of us have the same measure of faith. But in order for that faith to become stronger, it takes the word of God. We have to consume that word. We have to eat that word on a daily basis to allow that word to do what it needs to do in our time of trouble. We have to allow that word to be at work. Even when we sleep, the word of God needs to be at work. 
We need to quit saying, oh, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to make it this month. Oh, Lord, it ain't looking quite good. Oh, Lord, I can't do what I used to do. Oh, no, you ain't doing up but bringing death to your house. What you need to do is rise up and say, God, I may not have what I want to have. But, God, I have everything I need in you. God, you already know my situation. You know what I'm going to go through. But, God, you already made a way of escape. So, God, I thank you that I can come to you as my heavenly father because you love me. And, God, you are concerned about me. So, God was saying in order to have unwavering faith, he said, you got to know the truth. You got to become so acquainted with the truth that nothing moves you. That means you got to have a relationship with God that you're saying, God, I believe you no matter what. Even though, God, it don't look right. Even though I don't feel right. God, that ain't what you said. That's what it means to live by faith and not having unwavering faith. Yes, things come in our lives, y'all. We can't deny it. But we have to take the word and we have to apply the word to what's coming in our lives. We have to have things revealed to us out of the word of God. God, I need revelation on this. God, I don't understand it. That's why Paul said, give them the spirit of wisdom. We have the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. So we have those things. So we have to take what we have and we got to use it to the glory of God. We have to take the word of God and we have to meditate on it day and night, y'all. Not just when we're going through. You got to be prepared for what's coming before it comes. You have to be prepared for the healing that sometimes sickness come. You got to be prepared with the word of God that says by his stripes. I'm already healed. Yes, I don't feel up to par today, but I'm already the healed of the Lord because your word says that I'm healed. So body, you got to come into alignment with what the word of God is saying. You are the healed of the Lord, not gonna be. You already the healed. Don't you know that body gonna keep acting up? That body going to flare up even more, but you're going to say, ah, the word say you are healed. God, I thank you for my healing. Healing is already mine. I command that healing body come into alignment with what the word of God has already said. To you. you didn't hear what I said, did you? And then you go about your business. Why? Because you have faith in what God said, not in how you feel. Now, if you sit there and you babysit those symptoms and you're saying, Oh, pain. Oh, pain. You still there, ain't you, pain? It'll be all right, pain. It'll be all right. You babysitting those symptoms. Oh, pain. Oh, man, so much. You got to say, pain, leave here. You don't have no right here. I command you to go. And whatever symptom you're having, you got to tell it to go. God has given you the right to do this. You are, and some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. And supposed to be born again Christians. Now I'm just being honest. Because the majority of us, we turn to what we can get quick. I want a quick, that don't keep you. After a while, after four hours, six hours, it wears off. Now if they give you some, something strong, a Percocet, whatever, it have you so woozy, you don't even know when it left. Now you become addicted. Now you got to have some more that ain't even having no pain. You just like how you feel. Come on, that's the devil. 
Whatever you depend on, that's what you're going to be looking for. That's where your mindset is going to go. But if you depend more on the word of God and you keep taking it as your medicine, which it is your medicine, then you're going to say, body, come on, let's go take our medicine. It's time for our medicine. You can take this. You can overdose on it. So we have to have unwavering faith, y'all. We're living in a time that people are dying. People are going through mentally. They're going through physically. They're going through spiritually. We have to take the word of God to bring things into alignment the way God want them to be. And as we do that, we will begin to see the move of God. Then God began to show me another scripture we're familiar with. 2 Kings 4, 1 through verse 7. Everybody know this one. This was this widow that were coming to get her sons. Because she owed a debt. The husband owed a debt. He was dead. So they were coming to get her sons as slaves. But this woman came to Elijah because she knew he was a man of God. She knew that he was a prophet. She knew that he had a word from, for her from God. So she was dependent on the word of God because she knew they're going to take my sons. But then Elijah asked her. He said, what do you have in your house? I'm going to ask you today what you have in your house. And I ain't talking about your physical house. I'm talking about your body, your spiritual house. I'm talking about where God stay. What do you have in your house for what's going on around you? What's in your house? What have you stored up? What's stored up in your house? We know what's in your spirit. But what have you put in your heart to connect with your spirit so your body will follow? What revelation have you got from the word that you're standing on? Are you saying by his stripes I am healed, but you ain't got no revelation to that, so you waiting on healing and healing is already yours? Come on, if he say by his stripes, it ain't by none of yours, it's by his. His stripes took every sickness and every disease. He took it upon himself, so I ain't waiting on it. It's already mine, and the body got to line up with what the word has already said. Look at your neighbor. Say, quit waiting on something that God has already done. So we see that he said, what's in your house? Now ask your neighbor, say, what's in your house? Say, what's really in your house? Now look at them and say, I don't know. Because some of us as Christians don't know. How do I know this? Because you're running everywhere else to get something you already got. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's so quiet in here. Kim, hit your husband and say, what's in your house? I ain't playing today. You better wake up and you better hear the word of the Lord today because God is not bringing this in the house just to bring it in the house. He has brought brought faith in this house for many weeks. He's bringing it in here because he's preparing you for something that's already upon this land and you got to walk by faith and not by sight. It's no time to be playing. He said, what's in your house? You know how she answered this man. The woman said, I don't have anything except a pot of oil, a jar. Some of us would be like this woman. 
Some of us don't know everything that God has given us. Some of us may know one thing. Well, I know he said he supplied all my needs. So that's, that's all you feel like you got. That's all you've been standing on. You feel like you got that. But the Bible said we're complete in him. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So then he told her, Elijah, say, go and get some empty jars from your neighbors. Don't ask for just a few. Look at God. He said, I want you to go get a lot of empty jars, empty, nothing in them from your neighbors. And I want you to come back, you and your sons, and I want you to shut the door. And this is what I see with that part of that scripture. You have to shut the door. You have to get in a quiet place with God. And allow that word that's being poured into you. What's written being poured into you. You got to shut the door and you got to meditate on that word day and night. You got to get so full of the word of God that when you begin to come out of that room, you're pouring out what you have poured in and life is coming out of you. And you having enough of that to live on for what's yet to come. I'm going to say it again. You got to get in a place that you got to shut the door. Some of y'all are in places you don't need to be in. You're in places trying to get more money. You're in places where, anyway, you're in places. You're in people business. You're busybodies. you on Facebook. you on social media. you snapping pictures. You ain't in place for what's yet to come. You're talking about what somebody doing in their house. What are you doing in your house? Are you prepared? Have you made yourself ready? Have you shut the door to everything? And have you taken the word? And are you eating that word? Are you tasting to see how good God is? Come on, have you really shut yourself off? And taking that one word God has given you. God, you said, you sent your word. And you have healed me. And you have delivered me from this sickness. From this illness. You have delivered me. And you chewing on that thing like a cow is chewing on a cud. And all of a sudden, you ain't even swallowed it yet. You still meditating on it. God, you said. God, you you said then the Holy Spirit is coming in and connecting with what God said he's testifying he's a witness to what God has said he's reminding you God you said and then the Holy Spirit is coming in and he said my covenant will I not break no alter the things that have come from my lips The Holy Spirit is adding that to it. So you're saying, God, you said, and you said, I'm for, I change not. My word is forever settled in heaven. So you're going back and you're saying, God, you said, and then he's telling you some more of what God said. He said, my word will not come back to me void. 
My word is not going to come back to me empty. That means I sent Jesus. I sent my word to perform. I sent my word to accomplish your healing. I sent my word to accomplish your prosperity. I sent my word to accomplish your peace, your joy. I sent my word to accomplish. And my word is going to go and perform what I have sent it to do. Do y'all hear what? I'm saying God sent his word to do a work and God sent his word to heal and to deliver and set the captives free. Jesus said, I'm not going back to the father until I do what he sent me to do. And he done it. And he said, it is. So if it's finished, that means it don't have to be done over again. So when you shut up in that room with the word, I remember we was going to a Joyce Myers um, uh, conference and I was so excited to see Joyce Myers and I got this cough and this cough would not break. I never forget it. And I was coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing and I said, well, I can't go with y'all. And that was the time somebody went and they had to silence that person up because they were hollering too loud. But I stayed at home and the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. See, this is why you got to hear him. He said, I want you to take a pitcher of water and I want you to drink that water, a whole pitcher of water. And I went in the room and I started drinking. He said, but I want you to listen to my word. I want you to listen to nothing but healing scriptures because that's what you need right now. I want you to get that healing in you, but I want you to drink that water. So I shut the door and I remember it was my daughter's room and I told him, don't come in there. I said, only time I need for you to come in here is fill this water back up. And I stayed in that room and I took those scriptures and I meditated on those scriptures and I played them back. He said, by Jesus Christ, you are already healed. Healing is the children's bread. He has delivered you from the, oh, I just, just took the scriptures, took the medication because that was medication. And I was drinking the water and drinking the water. And when I come out, my cough was gone. But I didn't leave until I had revelation. On what God was telling me and saying to me, I had to obey what he was saying. Who takes the time to shut yourself off? She had to shut the door. And then she began to pour into those vessels. God said, my word need to be poured into you so you can connect to who you really are in me. Then you can have unwavering faith. Then you can have a faith that don't change. That don't move in spite of what's going on around you. Now the enemy going to send people to try to make you feel like you crazy. To try to make you feel like that ain't what God is saying. But you got to stand on what God is. God's word is true. He said sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus said don't take them out of the world. He said don't take them out of the world. Because Jesus already been down here. He already know how it was. So he said, where I'm sitting, that's where you sit. You sitting above principalities and powers. They don't have authority over you. You have authority over them. And what we're doing, we're giving the devil a right. 
to do what he does because we have become lazy. We just want to lay there and just let it pass. But you got to go on what is written. Whatever is written is that's what we need to do. Y'all, I'm telling you, and I'm going to tell you again. We thank God for everybody. Doctors, lawyers. We thank God for workers in Walmart. Amen. McDonald's. Amen. Burger King. Taco Bell. We thank God for all of these workers. But check this out, y'all. Have you ever went to these places and you expected these people to help you because they work in that place? And some of them don't even know where the ketchup is. But they're representing them places. Is that not right? So when you go in there, you get mad at them if they ain't getting you ketchup. Is that not right? Because you expect them, if they're working there, to know where the ketchup is. Right? When you go to McDonald's, anywhere you go, when you ask for something and they look at you dumbfounded, and you're like, you work here and you don't even know you got this. It makes you mad. Anybody except me? It kind of gets you upset when you know what you're talking about and they make you seem like you're a fool. But they work in the place. How do you think people feel when we say we're Christians? When we say we're representatives of Jesus Christ? When we say that we are ambassadors? When we're in church hollering and rolling on the floor and hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. God got it. Hallelujah. And then when you get in a situation, get out of my face. How you think people feel when they can't come to a Christian? The ones that's supposed to love Jesus and they coming to you for help and you telling them, get out of my face. I ain't got time for your foolishness. That's because we ain't in the place we need to be. Because we ain't spent the time we need to spend. We don't know him. We haven't made that connection. The way we need to make that connection to know him so well that nothing moves us. We may be shaken, but we don't move. We're unmovable, unshakable, always, always abounding in the works of the Lord. God said, I want my people to have unwavering faith. And the only way you can have it is to be in my word and let my word be in you. And stay connected no matter what. And quit having a pity party and waiting on people to tell you something. I am who God say that I am. But I'm supposed to teach you how to live according to the word of God. So you can live according to the word of God and not try to look for me to be there all the time. That's not how it works. Jesus was one man. Y'all better follow y'all Bible. I'm so tired of these traditions of men that make the word of God of none effect. Jesus taught his disciples to make other disciples because he was one. So they didn't have to go to him. But when they came to him, he said, oh, ye of little faith, do I have to do everything? That's what I'm saying today. Oh, ye of little faith. Little faith means. Lack of trust in God. If I don't come to your house and I send a thing to your house, it's God. 
by the way, if you see nobody, you better be giving God glory. Because I don't expect no member to come to my house, to clean my house, to do nothing. I expect to be whom God has called me to be. If God sent them, praise Jesus. He sent them for a reason, but it ain't because I called them. We need to get out of this traditional mess. Go read your Bible. Jesus couldn't be everywhere. That's why he made disciples. And when he need to make a visit to Mary and Martha house. Come on, Martha was too busy. Mary spent time with him. If I do come to your house, some of you just too busy. What in the world is she coming over here today for? I ain't call her. Somebody must have told her something. Let me act like I ain't home. We get beside ourselves. All of us in this room. Supposed to be disciples of Jesus Christ. All of us are getting taught the same thing. All of us supposed to send the word. All of us supposed to be there one for another. It ain't about me. It's about him. He's the one that get the glory. He's the one that get the honor and the praise. And I want to say this. Let me make a correction. We all supposed to be lifting each other up. But I want to say this in the midst of this room. Some people don't want to be bothered. And I'm going to say this in the midst of the room. Leave them alone. If they don't want to be bothered, leave them alone and pray for them from a distance. Be led of the spirit. When you led of the spirit, you're not going to go wrong. When you led of you and how you feel, they're going to cuss you out. Unwavering faith. Miracle temple deliverance ministry. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We trust God even in the midst of the storm because we know we have already come out the storm. Even being in the midst of the storm, I have already come out of the storm. So we got to learn to trust him more. Then we trust in our situation. And y'all, he will lead you the right way. Testimony on my behalf. Y'all remember Tuesday night I told y'all I seen that spirit of oppression. And when I seen that spirit of oppression, I, I prayed because I saw a flash of darkness walked by me with my eyes closed. So God was letting me see in the spirit. The next morning I woke up no, in the middle of the night, something jumped me. And when it did jump me, it was like a weight come on me. It was like fear and trembling come on me. And I sat there, I said, what in the world is this? So soon as I woke up, God was giving me scripture. And this is what God was telling me. God said, Your faith is not in what you see naturally. Your faith is supposed to be in what you don't see. He said, your faith is in my word and not how you feel. So what does my word say? He said, when you believe my word, you're not going to perceive what's going on around you. And I sat there, I said, oh, Jesus. He said, so if you're going to walk by faith, 
you walking by what I said, not by what you feel. When you walk by what I said, what you feel, it leaves. It works, y'all. Because everything he told me, I did it. And I was free. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. I said, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to lose me. In the name of Jesus, because you don't belong here. You're going to giddy up and you're going to go. You don't belong here. And I kept on about my day, kept on about my activities, did what I need to do. Matter of fact, talked with several people, still did what God had me to do. Why? Because it wasn't about me. It wasn't about how I felt. It was about trusting me and not in what I was seeing. Because the enemy want to put visuals before you. And he wants you to grab hold to those visuals. The devil is a lie. That ain't God. I don't receive that in the name of Jesus. And then God will give me another scripture. Why? Because God was telling me, I want you to hold on to me. When you hold on to me, you ain't going on what you see. When you hold on to me, you ain't going on what you see. I'm the vine, you the branch. He brings it back. Miracle Temple, we got to have unwavering faith. We got to know how to use what God has given us. And I speak today, we got to come out of fear. Fear will paralyze you. Fear brings anxiety. Fear makes you think that you're about to have a heart attack. It brings panic attacks. And the reason why we fear is because of the unknown. We don't know what's going on. So we have a fear. But God has given us a remedy for fear. His word. Fear thou not. Fear thou not. Fear thou not. So we have to have unwavering faith. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. We have to believe it even when we don't see it, y'all. Amen. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.